0: Chapter 1, so I believe really in my thinking this first chapter, at least the first 11 or 12 verses of it, excluding the first two just for the introduction, is about God's comfort And through His comfort, that we could help others to be comforted. So, I'm just going to begin in verse number 3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulations That we might be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So the source, the source of all comfort comes from God. You know, Paul, Paul says in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1 that Paul received, you know, Paul received mercy. And grace, and you know what a persecutor, what a trouble, what a problem, what an enemy that Paul was to the church, but he says this, howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first, Jesus Christ might shew forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should Hereafter, believe on Him to life everlasting. So we might look at that and we might think, well, Paul is an example of how God can save anybody. I would say amen to that. But I would also say that Paul is an example of the great suffering, the great turmoil, the great tribulation... That we, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy and he said this, If any man's going to live godly, you're going to suffer persecution. So is there trouble? Is there persecution? Is there turmoil? I, I, I believe that Paul was the pattern, the example, the form, one that we could look to and see God's mercy and God's grace in salvation but also in suffering. I don't believe outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, I, I don't know if there was anybody that went in through any greater suffering and turmoil and trouble and persecution than Paul went through. Yes. But you know, he says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and I believe you could say this, that Christ is really where we find consolation. Though God be the source of all of it, though God be the one that even gave us Jesus, that through Christ, through Christ we are strengthened. Through Christ we're encouraged. Through Christ, he says, the Father, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. So, here's our source for comfort. When we feel like the world's caving in on us, God help us to look to the source. Paul said in in Hebrews chapter number 12, he he says, lest we feign in our mind, let us look unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for... The joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the, same, the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured <coughs> such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. You know something, folks? If all we ever look at is what we see on the outside, and what we see in the flesh, and what we see in the world around us, I tell you, it'd be easy to faint. It'd be easy to give up hope. It'd be easy to throw in the towel. It'd be easy, and I don't say this without compassion, it'd be easy for me to feel sorry for me, and that's all that I can think of. But God helped me to look past me, and I realize that we can get down and out. I know that we can And we can drag the bottom. But God, help us to look to the Word of God that we might look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who was a man... You know, there's much of what comes my way. It's my own doings. There's much that comes my way. And I don't say that I'm paying for my sins, but I say that there is consequences for my sins. But Jesus, there was no sin. There was no fault. There was no failure. There was no place that He should have suffered what He went through. There was no place that He should have been on the cross, but He was there that you and I could be consoled. He was there that we could find the compassion and the mercy and the grace of God that I was undeserving of. God help me, Paul says in verse number 3, "'Blessed be.'" Oh, thank God for the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. You know something? When I feel down and out and dragging the bottom, and I don't feel like I've got anything to cheer me up, help me to look unto Jesus. Help me to look unto the God of all comfort. Help me to look to the God of mercy. Help me to look to a God who thought on me when I was dead in my trespasses, dead in my sins, on my way to hell, rejecting God, on my way in rebellion against God, Help me to remember that there was a God who thought about me. It will change my perspective. It will change your perspective. It will change our perspective to remember this as well. If you're saved, He's certainly not forgotten about you. If you're unsaved, He sent Jesus to this world. That there would be you an opportunity, a means, a place, a means of salvation. I tell you, thank God, help us, blessed be the Father. Blessed be to God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies. You know, Heather was talking about those mercies and talking about how that God is long-suffering and even grants us repentance. You know, Jeremiah said in his writing that His mercies are new every morning. I tell you, if I'm awake, thank God for the mercy of God. Thank God that i didn't lift my eyes in hell, but the mercies of God was new again this morning now now paul's got Paul's driving at something here Paul is driving that all that he's going through and all that we're going through is to benefit somebody else now let's look back to the father of all mercies was he benefited? in all of his sufferings, was there any benefit to him? Here's the benefit to God. Don't take me wrong on that. He sent his son to die that you and I could be brought into the family of God to glorify what he did. You see, I have no benefit to him he didn't benefit by His suffering. All of His suffering was for you and I. That bringing us into the family of God, not be benefited, He would be giving glory. There would be glory be given unto Him. Now is He worthy of all glory? Absolutely. But now listen, who's going to be benefited by us giving glory to Him? The rest of mankind. Can you see that? Is He glorified? I tell you, all of heaven was glorifying Him before we ever come along, wasn't it? All of heaven, before we ever get to heaven, all of heaven is glorifying God and glorifying the Son and glorifying the Holy Spirit. But you and I are left in this world that through our trials and our tribulation and our suffering and our sorrow that we might look to Him, exalt Him, that we would be able to help somebody else that tomorrow, they're going to be where we were yesterday. Tomorrow, when they feel like giving up and throwing in the towel, they can say, well, I wonder how she got through that. I wonder how he got through that. I wonder how it was that they made it through and kept a smile. You know, I believe that's part of it. I believe keeping a smile is part of giving glory to God, don't you? I, I believe patiently endure, enduring, enduring with patience and enduring with the right attitude. You know, I can endure and have the wrong attitude, can I? <laughs> can I do that? But if I could have the right attitude and endure, it brings glory to God. Listen to Paul. Blessed be God. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies, and the God of all comfort. So in Him, in Him is my peace, in Him is my joy, in Him is my salvation, in Him is my hope. And I'm not talking about a maybe. I'm talking about a sure expectation. Now listen. We might say, well, I know all of that's coming. No, that's the wrong attitude. We won't need it then. When we get to heaven, we won't need it then. Right? We need to look to Him now. We need to look to this God of all mercy, this God of all grace, this God of all hope, this God that helps me endure, uh, this God who uh, enabled Paul, this uh, God who made Paul an example. I need to look to Him for today, not when I get to heaven and think, well, when I get there, it'll all be worth it. No, He's talking about us looking unto Him now. I won't be looking unto Him then I won't need comfort then. I need comfort now. Well, preacher, I just don't know how I can be helped now. You can be helped now by looking into the Lord Jesus. You can be helped now because God, which says through Paul, He is the God of all comfort. He's the God of all comfort. There's no other source, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about spiritually. Spiritually. I realize this: you might be comforted by your husband, by your wife, by your children, by your family, but you know something when the wife's not there, when the husband's not there, when the children's not there, when when it looks like it you're all along, who's going to comfort you then? Who's going to help us? Who's going to comfort us? i tell you, this is the God of all comfort. This is the God. This is the God. And Paul's going to say it a little farther over. This is the God when there's no source. When there is absolutely nothing on the horizon to make you think there's any hope of comfort, thank God there's a comforter right here. (laughs) That's what he's going to say in these next eight or nine verses who comforteth us. Now, what does that word mean? Well, do you remember what He said in John chapter 14? Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'm going to send you another comforter. Now, when Peter's walking on the water and starts to sing, and he says, Lord, save me. Do you know what happened? I tell you, the comforter came. The word means to call near. Jesus said, I'm going to send you someone. I'm going to heaven, but I'm going to send you someone that you can call on and He'll come near to you. How near will He come? Well, thank God He's not going to be over here at an arm's distance. Thank God He's going to live in the heart of men and women. He's come to set up the kingdom in the heart, and the whole the person of the comforter, the Holy Spirit, is going to dwell within us. And you know, sometimes we may think, well, you know, I just don't know where God is. I don't know where the Lord is. Well, I say this, He said He's the God of all comfort. And He comforteth us. I can call Him near. I can call on Him to come near. And know this, friend, He is as near as dwelling in my heart. He dwells within us. We have the Comforter. The One that we can call near, He dwells in our heart. And He's there to comfort us. He's there to stand beside us. He's there to be our advocate. He's there to be our friend. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's there. He understands my sorrow. He knows what you're going through. Let me tell you this. There is nothing that you and I will ever go through that the Lord Jesus Christ has not already been through. You might say, well, I I feel alone. Let me ask you, have you ever felt alone that God forsook you and that the lights were turned out and every man upon the face of the earth was against you, that there was nobody that wanted anything to do with you and God turned His face away from you? I've never been to that place. Jesus was to that place. And Jesus is here to comfort you and I. By these words, He said, Who comforted us in all of our tribulation, in all of our affliction, and all of our trouble? The word really means a roller. And I tell you, when I thought, and I looked that up and it said a roller, I thought about a pavement roller you talk about the word means pressure as well. You think the things of this life are going to roll over us and it feels like it's going to squeeze the life out of us. It feels like that it's going to just absolutely roll over us and when there is so much pressure that we are unable to live. Oh, thank God we've got a God of comfort Uh, when the roller is on top of us, when the pressure is on us, uh, when the devil says why don't you throw in the towel, when The devil says, "Why don't you curse God and die?" When the devil says, "God's forsaken you and God's forgotten about you," know this: we're talking about the God who comforted us in all of our afflictions. He promised He would never leave us, nor never forsake us, but be with us always. There is not a trouble. There is not a pressure. There is not a roller. There is not enough weight. There is not enough heaviness. There is not enough darkness to snap out. How to snuff out of the light that dwells in your heart if you're saved, if you're born again. Oh God, help us to look to the God who comfort us in all of our troubles. Paul is trying to encourage the Corinthians in... In probably 59 or 60 AD, and he is here to comfort you in 2023. This same word that comforteth, who comforteth in all of our tribulations. Now, notice that who comforteth, that's present tense. From 59 AD to 2023, it's present tense. Listen, when I'm dead and gone, if time lasts, and there's somebody gets up and reads 2 Corinthians chapter 1, who comforteth us, and 2065, it'll be present tense. He is a God who comforteth us. From 59 when he wrote it, he was a comforter before 59 A.D. I, I- to you, thank God that we've got a comforter. We've got a comforter that we can call near. We've got a comforter, the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got a comforter, the He, the Holy Spirit. We've got comfort. I take comfort in this, that God so loved the world. Isn't that wonderful that God would so love the world? But let me tell you friend, that God so loved me. I'm in that plan. I'm in that group. I'm in that people that have been comforted. I've been comforted by the salvation that the Lord Jesus Christ brought I have been comforted from my sin I've been delivered from hell I've been delivered from my guilt I've been delivered from my shame Thank God He brings comfort to me And listen friend You may sin and you may feel like Well I just don't feel any comfort today Well why don't we just repent And remember this That He's the same yesterday Today and forevermore And you can't do enough A friend to separate Him And His love from you Comfort. Yes. He comforteth us. Well, you've never been through what I've been through. I'm going to read this and I'm going to believe it. Who comforteth us in all our tribulations. Now you can read that for yourself. I'll read it for me and you read it for you, okay? Okay that He comforteth us in all of our tribulations. All of our great weighty pressures, all of our great sorrows, all of our great afflictions, all of our loneliness, all of, our, all of that that seems to be so weighty and seems like it's just going to uh, take the life out of us. i tell you what you can do. You know what I need to do? God help me. God help me. I need to say this. Lord, I can't carry this. Lord, I'm unable. Oh, I thought I could do it. I thought I was strong enough. I thought I was mighty enough. But it says in First Peter chapter number four humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. Casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you, you know what you know what I got to do I got to come to this place that I need your help, Lord i got to come to the place that Lord, this is greater than I can bear. i've got to come to the place that I'm willing to humble myself and say, Lord, I want you to take this. You can carry it. It's not too heavy for you. Lord, you can make me to be comforted. And all of this pressure, I know this that I can cast my trouble, my affliction, my sorrow, my my, my the weightiness that's got me down and feels like it's going to I take the life out of me, Lord. I can put it on you. Can he carry it? He can carry it. Casting all your cares, do you know, do you know that He cares for you? Casting all your cares upon Him, for He is concerned, He is interested, He loves you. Do you know that He cares for you? Oh, I say this, if you're saved today, you know that He cares for you. You know that in our lowest of love, He came to our rescue. (laughs) Listen, when I was dead, I'm alive today. I may get down and out. And you may get down and out, but I tell you what, there's something in me that's alive. But he cared for me when I couldn't help myself. He cared for me when I was not his friend. He cared for me when I was on the outside of the family. He cared for me when I was a child of the devil. He cared for me when I was dead in trespasses and sin. He cared for me in that state. Know this friend that he cares for you today, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. You know the devil had' like for us he, he'd like for us to do away with this. Don't, re- don't read that 2 Corinthians chapter 1 about the comforter. Don't read that. Let him drag the body. Let him think there's no hope. Oh, thank God there's a hope. And the devil is a liar, and you know he is. He's a liar from the beginning. He had loved to destroy you, loved to destroy me. But thank God we've got a God who can comfort us. Who comforteth? Present tense comforteth us in all of our tribulation and all who comforteth us, and all of our tribulation, that we may... Why? Here's the answer. That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherein we ourselves are comforted of God. Why is God doing this? He's doing that, that you and I might be able to help the next man, the next lady, the next family member, the neighbor, uh, the friend, those that have no hope, those that feel like giving up, those that say it's no use, those that say I, 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 I don't see any hope whatsoever, that you might be able, that God through you could comfort them. So if the comforter means to call alongside... then as God, if you have called God alongside to help you, to strengthen you, to comfort you, then you can relay your personal experience. Paul's going to tell about his personal experience of what God has done for him. That these people that are in, well, you know, they're in a different trouble than I was. They may be in a different trouble, but the comforter is not different. It's the same comforter no matter what the trouble. No matter what the problem, the source is always the same. It doesn't matter what the trouble, what the pressure, what the situation. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. So what's Paul going through? I tell you everywhere he goes. From the book of Acts chapter number 9 to the end. A uh, friend, the last thing he writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy, you know what there is? There's somebody trying to kill him. Somebody wanting to destroy him. Now listen, you may say, well, it, it, it just don't look like there's any hope. Paul says this. Paul said the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation. You know he says? No matter what I go through for the cause of Christ." Christ is there to help me through what I'm going through. No matter what I face, no matter what my situation, the Comforter, the Lord Jesus Christ, the, uh, the, the source of all comfort, is there to console me and to help me. You know, Paul is a man... He's not suffering. And I wouldn't want to say too much. Paul is a sinner just like everybody else. And Paul's got a flesh to deal with. But you know, the majority of Paul's suffering is for the cause of Christ. It really is. It's because he is living. He He is... He's in the spotlight, not in the wrong way, but in the right way. He's in the spotlight continually for the cause of Christ. And he says in verse number 5, though these sufferings abound. Can you see that? Paul said, I, I, I show you the marks in my body. Is Paul a sufferer for the cause of Christ? Has he got any marks in his body? Yeah. You know, I, I figured it up a while back and I told you about it. You know, a cat of nine tails. So nine times 39. What's that? Huh? Four nines is 360, right? So four times, 39 times nine Can you imagine the marks that's on this man's back? One stripe with a cat of nine tails, there's nine scars on his back. Times 39. Times four times. This man is bearing in his body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is abounding in the suffering. Though the suffering for Christ, do you see that? For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. So this suffering that Paul is going through is the one he's suffering for. Is he there? Thank God he can call him near. He can call the Comforter near. So in our life, God help us to call the comforter near, that our families and our neighbors and the people that we're around may question how are they doing that? How are they going through that? How are they enduring with a smile? How are they able to go through this? And that would be a wonderful question, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be a wonderful door to swing open? <laughs> For someone to say, "How? I just don't know how that you're going through this and, and you're able to do it. I just don't know how that you're doing that and not giving up. What a door of opportunity God can open with that question. And what, what's the door of opportunity? To tell them about the comforter. To tell them, blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the comforter, the, the source of all comfort for our sufferings as our sufferings abound. Paul says, listen, my sufferings may be going on a graph, they may be going upward. Let me tell you this, so is my consolation. As my sufferings go upward, my, con- my 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 consolation is not going downward. These this line of this graph, and I tell you, friend, as the sufferings climb, so also is the consolation. These are not coming up to a point and the consolation's taking a nosedive and the, comfort and the and the sufferings are going upward. No, ma'am, and no, sir. I tell you, thank God, might many be the time I, that the, uh, the trouble comes downward and the consolation even goes further upward. Isn't that wonderful? He says, as the sufferings abound, so also does the consolation. What's the Lord saying to Paul? Paul, I've not forgot you. Paul, I know where you are. I know what you're going through. I know what's going on in your life, Paul, and I've not forgot you. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering. What's it doing? It's working. It's working. My afflictions, as you look at my afflictions, Paul says, it's having an effect on you. Because my afflictions are not destroying me. My afflictions are making me call the Lord near. My afflictions are bringing me nearer to Christ. My afflictions are calling me to get rid of me and to cast my cares on Him who careth for me. My afflictions are for your salvation and your consolation. It had been good. It had been good. When the Lord saved us, He just knocked us in the head took us on. Life had been easy, wouldn't it? But no, He left us in this world. He left us in this world that through our afflictions, through our trouble, through our pressure, that it might be a comfort, that it might be a consolation, that it might be an encouragement to those that are looking on. This is what Paul says, plain speaking. And whether we be afflicted, it's for you, for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual which is working, which is wrought in the enduring of the same affl- suffering which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. You see, you see, the affliction, the affliction brings the attention, and the affliction brings the attention of those round about us, and they say, let's see what they do. Let's see how they respond. Let's see how they act in this trouble. I throw in the towel. There's not much God there, is there? There's not much grace of God there, is there? There's not much comfort. There's not much of a comforter there, is there? But whether I be in affliction or whether there's consolation, you know what it's for? It's for somebody else. Can you see that? You see that in this verse. Verse, verse, verse number six. Whether we be afflicted, it's for your consolation and salvation. Which is working, which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering. I'm going through this. I'm enduring it. And whether I'm suffering or whether I'm being comforted, it's for you. So you see that God is bringing us through these trials and tribulations that we might be Used for someone else to see that there's a God who can comfort in all of our afflictions and all of our troubles. Do we have a source? You know, the car, the car might break down. You got a source? The HVAC blows up. You got a source? Dishwasher starts leaking. The washing machine quits. You got a source? Well, most likely, if you put back some money, when that happens, you go to your source and you buy something to replace that that is needful in the house. If that's the heat pump, if that's the furnace, if that's the air conditioner, if that's the, uh, uh, the washing machine. But where's our source for this? Where's our source for this affliction and this trouble and this sorrow and this loneliness and, and this feeling like we're under the pressure? Where's our source? I tell you, thank God there's a source that is, doesn't have a limit on it. There's a source that we can run to. Paul says, listen, whether I'm in affliction or whether i am got consolation, he says it's for you and God helps me to endure this that I might be of help to you and when I feel like I'm going to drag the bottom and there's no hope, I go back to the source. And our hope of you is steadfast. Knowing that as you are partakers of the suffering, so shall you also be of the consolation. What Paul said to the Corinthian church? Listen, folks, we may be going through hard times today, but know this, if you are an endurer of the affliction, you'll also be an endurer and an enjoyer of the consolation. The Lord's not forgot you. The Lord's not forgot about His church. The Lord's not forgot about the Corinthians. They may feel like, well, you know, it just looks like there's just no hope. But Paul says, now listen, though you may be enduring, and our hope of you... Now what does the word hope mean in the Bible? A certain expectation... Our certain expectation of you is steadfast. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not deviating. Because of the trouble that you're in, I'm not changing my mind. And because I've not been through that, I'm not changing my mind. And because of what Anthony's going through, and I've never been through that, I know that the same God that's helped me can help him. Your situation is not foreign to God. It's not. We may feel like that nobody else in the community, nobody else in the family, nobody else in the church has gone through and is going through what I am going through. And listen, that very well could be true. That could very well be true. But the source is always the same. No matter what your affliction, no matter what your trouble, no matter what your sorrow, the source is always the same. And we're all going to the same source. So Paul says this, Our hope is steadfast. I'm not changing my mind. Knowing, I am confident that as you are partakers of the suffering, so shall you also be of the consolation. And I say this again right here. Here and now. You're a partaker of the consolation here and now. Not in heaven. That'll be the ultimate consolation. Thinking that what, what, what we're going through right now <coughs> is not worthy to be compared to what shall be revealed. But listen, He's talking about a consolation here and now. He's not talking about when I leave here, when I die... No, no, he's talking about now. He's talking about now we can have consolation. Now. And we would. Oh, what's he going to do now? He's going he's to jog their memory of what he's been through. He's going to jog their memory of what kind of a life he's had and that God has never forsaken him. God has always been there. You might say, well, will God sure forsake him at the end. Did he? Did he forsake him at the end or did he deliver him at the end? Is it possible that Paul, and you know, this is speculation. I realize this. This is not Bible. But is it possible that Paul had an experience when Nero took his head off like Stephen had? Is it possible that he saw Christ standing at the right hand of God the Father? Is it possible that Paul could have said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do? Is it possible that before Paul's head ever come off of his shoulders, that God numbed him? And friend, before the guillotine got to the bottom of the block, he was in the presence of the Lord. Is it possible that Paul was absent from the body spiritually before the guillotine hit the bottom? I'm not saying that that's the way it was. I'm saying God is a God of comfort now. Not when I get to heaven, but now. I would not have you to be ignorant of our trouble which came unto us in Asia. And you know, I don't know that we could say a specific, but I I would say this, that in Lystra, in Lystra, that's in Acts chapter 14, they stoned him, drug him out of the city, and thought him to be dead. (coughs) What about a man that's drug out of the city, thought to be dead, and God raised him up? Now do you think that them folks around there that was weeping and crying and thinking, "Here's God's man that I love so much." He's dead. And God raised him up. You think there's some consolation there? you think there was some encouragement there? You think when Paul said, I've gone to Rome, and I'm in Rome, and you know why I'm here? I'm here. A friend that though everybody forsake me, the Lord forsake me not, that the Word of God might go out to the Gentiles. When He's on the sea, and they're there 14 days and 14 nights, and the Word of God said, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. Where did Paul go? went down into the bottom of the ship and he called the comforter near. And you know what he did? He come up on the top and he said, Men, the angel of the Lord whom I serve gave me a word. And he said, we need to eat and we need to take strength because there's not a one that's going to lose their life. I see you talk about a man that had been to the mill. Talk about a man that had been run over. A man that had been beaten with rods. A man that was left a night in the day in the sea. A man who was beaten four times. I with thirty-nine stripes with a cat a 9 tail. We're talking about a man who looks like he ought to give up hope. Thank God he's encouraging somebody. All hope was gone. Stoned. Fought with wild beasts at Ephesus. What about that? Listen to what he says, Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter, uh, uh, chapter number 4. Paul says this, At my first answer, no man stood with me. You talk about discouraging. Now wouldn't that be discouraging? Nobody stood with me. But all men forsook me. I pray God that it be not laid to their charge. Sounds like Paul thought they should have stood with him, doesn't it? Wouldn't you say that by that word? Sounds like they should have stood with him. I pray it not be laid to their charge. Verse 17. Notwithstanding, in spite of all of that, in spite of that everybody forsook me, in spite of the fact that nobody stood with me, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto His heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. You know what Paul is. Paul's got the comforter with him. Everybody forsook him. Why is he in Rome? You could say, well, it's because he appealed to Caesar. Wonder who stirred his heart for him to appeal to Caesar. Wonder who brought about that stirring in his heart to appeal to Caesar that Caesar and his household might hear the word of God. It looks like, it looks like, here they are crashed on the Isle of Melita. Three months they're there. Cold weather by the word of God. You know what? All of those people hear the word of God. And the chief man And I believe you could say the chief. The chief of those barbarians. The chief of those unbelievers was laying of a bloody flux. He was going to die. Paul laid his hand on him. You talk about comfort. That people was comforted. Then here comes a serpent out of the fire when they're putting wood on, and they say, This man, this man must be a murderer, and though the sea didn't kill him, this serpent's going to kill him. No, I tell you what, God's doing. God is bringing comfort that He can comfort those folks. God's in all the workings, folks. He's in the workings. Just as our brother told us this morning about Nebuchadnezzar, I tell you, God's in the workings. Just a little bit more and we'll hush. So it says this, For we would, brethren, have you, not have you ignorant, brethren, you ignorant of our trouble which had come to us in Asia. I don't know whether you could say one specific or all that he went through. I believe it would be more likely everything that he went through. I believe this man is well known. Whether it be shipwrecked at Melita, whether he's in Caesar's household, whether he's stoned at Lystra, whether all the Jews laid in wait for him, however you want to look at it, God's delivered him over and over and over again. Why? I tell you why. That in twenty twenty three we can hear Second Corinthians chapter one and know that there's a comforter in all of our trouble and all of our tribulation. We were pressed out of measure. That word means this, a heavy burden, not possible humanly, not possible naturally. I could not bear up under it. It was greater than I could bear. It was more than I could uh, hold. It was more than I was able to stand up under. It was a heavy burden. Oh, he says this, uh, that we, we were pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we despaired even of life. You know what he said? He said, the verdict for me is I'm going to die. God said, no. God said, I'm going to comfort you, Paul. This is what the Bible says. But we had the sentence of death, the verdict was death, in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead. Paul says this in the fourth chapter, very familiar, you know it. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse number 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not on us. We're troubled. We're troubled on every side, not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, not forsaken. Cast down, not destroyed. Bearing in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Christ might be made manifest. What's he doing? I do what he's doing. Lord, I give up. I can't do it. I'm not able. I don't have the strength, but I look to you. I've got a treasure. I've got a source. I've got a source in an earthen vessel. It's not me. It's what God has put in you that we can go to and call alongside for a comfort. And listen, what you're going through, what I'm going through, what life, what life deals to us that many times seems to be unfair is God using that situation as an opportunity for us to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ and help someone else see where our hope and our source is.